And everybody said, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, step it up. It's time to step it up. Turn to Joshua chapter 1, Joshua 1, and let me just say, this is not just a sermon series, this is really the what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us. And how many of you appreciate the fact that the preacher here at Church on the Rock North just doesn't uh, pick out sermons out of a book? I'm going to tell you, you can go to, I, I didn't get this from sermons.com, but you can go online and you can find sermons. There are pastors all over America, God bless their heart, who are just literally preaching somebody else's messages and it's God's word and I suppose God will bless it. But for as for me, I want to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. I want to hear what does God lead us to do and I want to have a fresh word from God for you and for our community and for this region and for the world and for what God is doing. And as we got to our close to our second year anniversary, or pardon me, our 20 year anniversary as a church family, I just began to hear this, step it up in my heart. Uh, and so uh, we, in fact, we looked at a passage of scripture kind of kick us off in second Corinthians 318. It says, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Everyone say glory to glory. Just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And that, that glory to glory means level to level. What Paul was saying to the Corinthians there, he said, man, the closer you get to him, the more you look to him, the more you recognize him and realize who he is and, and tap into his presence. Uh, and as you gaze upon him and gain his attention and, and, and he gets yours, the transformation begins to happen in your life and God lifts you to another level in your life. Amen. Thus the, the statement for us today, step it up. And we've, we kind of took a poll and we decided what this means for us. And it means to advance, to increase the intensity of something. How many of you believe God called the church not to sit back and, and, and sit soaking sour, but to advance the kingdom of God? Somebody say advance. God's calling us to advance in every area of our life and in ministry, to increase the intensity of something. Whatever we're doing now uh, for him, we need to increase the intensity of it. Uh, and then to rise to the challenge. There's a challenge. We're, hey, we're, we're at a place of great challenge. And to lift to another level. Somebody say, step it up. And so we're at a place as a church family where God's calling us, where it's really not only the call of God, but the requirement at hand that we step it up, that we, that we lift up to another level, that we rise to the challenge. I want to tell you, it's a challenge where we are today. It's a defining moment for us, as we talked about a few weeks ago. And so I believe God's rallied us here for the purpose of, 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 uh, uh how many of you like a good challenge? Some of us do, some of us don't. And I like a good challenge. Tell me I can't do something. I'll do my, my best to do it. Uh, tell me that, that you shouldn't do that and that you can't do that. Tell me that I can't do that. I'll, you know, I'll do my best to do it. There's some things I can't do, but man, I'll try to do about anything other than jump out of an airplane. I will not do that. I have a friend, one of our young people that uh, our kids grew up with. Uh, he, that's how he makes his living. Part of his living, jumping out of airplanes is not happening. There's only one person in our, in our immediate family that's ever jumped out of an airplane, and that's Stacy D. Walker. What was she thinking? Stacy D. Walker, we're, I don't know what she was thinking. Amen. And so, uh, that challenge, I will not take that challenge. Uh, but today, we want to focus on Joshua. Are you in Joshua? Joshua received a step it up call in his life. 
And in Joshua chapter 1, I want to read these first nine verses, and I want you to follow along with me. After the death of Moses, really let me stop, that's a defining moment for the children of Israel. It was a defining moment for Joshua. It was a defining moment for the history of the world. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, here's what he told him. And, and you would think that, that God didn't have to say this to, to Joshua, but it, he may have been in denial, I don't know. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Everyone say, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to a land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. And I want to just stop right there because we'll jump into those first nine verses. You read them later. You kind of meditate on them this week. I just want to jump, look at these first two verses and just kind of begin this thought. In fact, on Wednesday night, we're looking at the life when we're talking about leadership and rising to another level. We're looking at the life of Paul and Timothy and their relationship together. We began last Wednesday. If you missed last Wednesday, OMG, you need to get online, go to our website and catch up and then be here on Wednesday night as we learn life lessons from Paul and Timothy and how Paul uh, challenged his son in the faith, Timothy, his true son in the faith, Timothy, to step it up. That's what we're doing on Wednesday night. We're digging deeper, we're, 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 we're plowing wider, we're, we're, we're moving further on Wednesday night with this thought, and so we encourage you to be with us. Now here on Sunday morning for the next few Sundays, we're going to look at Joshua because he was called to step it up. Everybody say step it up. You see, they were in the middle of a defining moment. Moses, their servant, is dead. Now you need to understand something about Moses and more so today for me, and as I look to Moses and, and read a few verses that I'll read for you today, Moses was in reality a type of Christ. How many of you know the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed? The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And in the Old Testament, there's a lot of types and shadows. Everyone say types and shadows. When you look to Abraham and Isaac, it was a picture of, of God and, and Christ. How many of you know uh, Isaac was, uh, God told uh, Abraham, go up on the mountain and sacrifice your son. How many of you know God didn't allow that to happen? He provided a sacrificial lamb, a ram, with his horns caught in the bushes. And so Isaac was not sacrificed. What was all that? It was a picture. It was a type and shadow. And in the Old Testament, it's filled with types and shadows of the New Testament truths that we enjoy so much today. And Moses was a type of Christ. Moses was a deliverer. How many of you realize that? Do, I need, do we need to watch the movie again? Maybe just read the Bible. God spoke to Moses. You go to Pharaoh and set my what? People free. You know the story. He was the deliverer. He was a savior. He was, man, he was just everything. He was all, I mean, these children of Israel, they looked to him for everything. In fact, Moses took it seriously. At some point, uh, you know, his father-in-law, uh, <coughs> pardon me, pulled him aside and said, Moses, you can't do it all. You got to delegate some of this authority. Everybody's looking to you for everything. I'm telling you, this guy, not only on earth was very important, but in heaven, as we'll see in a few moments, is very important. Uh, and so uh, Moses uh, is dead. Their Savior had died. 
Their deliverer had died. I'm telling you, people were heartbroken. People were disillusioned. People were in despair. And God comes to, and and let me tell you something. uh, Bad things happen when there's a leadership vacuum. How many of you realize that? If there's a leadership vacuum, and I've seen this happen in churches before, when the, when the, when the people were responsible for hiring and firing the pastor, they, they may not like the pastor or the pastor just, oh, well, I'm leaving. See you later. Adios. And the church is without a pastor. And then all the people can't figure out who they want to be their pastor. Uh, how many of you know the sheep don't normally gather up and vote who their shepherd is? I just thought I'd throw that out to you. That's not normal, but in some cases it is. And I've seen churches, when they have leadership vacuum, they end up imploding. They end up chewing up each other and spitting each other out. And I've seen churches die. Churches that I was a part of literally die because of a leadership void and a leadership vacuum. How many of you know God understands that? God's a God who created structure and order and he created leadership in the earth. And, and, and he knew that the children of Israel needed a leader and he raised up Moses. Moses didn't want to do it. Moses didn't want to. In fact, in fact he told God, you can read about it. I want to do that. I can't talk very well. He kept resisting this call of God and he really made the Lord mad. You can read about it. And, and, and God got hacked off at Moses in the beginning. He was a reluctant leader. Uh, but um, that's why he ended up saying, I'll use your brother Aaron. But hey, you gotta, you got to step it up. Everybody say step it up. So Moses stepped it up. And now here they are in the middle of this transition. They're not into the promised land yet. And God calls Joshua to step it up. Everybody say step it up. And that's where we're going to begin to focus on. The next few Sunday mornings, looking at this step it up command, uh, and that's why I want you to read through uh, Joshua, read through the first five chapters and just let this feed you really good. He was called to step it up to a new level of leadership. He had huge shoes to fill, but God knew he could step it up. And there's a secret and there is a reason that I want to share with you that God could immediately come to Joshua who was simply the servant of Moses. He, he took care of even, in fact, when it says he was his, his assistant there in verse one, the, the Hebrew word there is really, it can be considered, he was the guy who took care of the menial task of Moses. The, you know, when you think about a leadership uh, uh, and, and leading a million, two million people, however many there were, you need a little help, right? And so Moses, Joshua was Moses' assistant. Now, Mo, now Joshua is immediately uh, uh, promoted from Moses' uh, assistant to the leader of the children of Israel. Huge shoes to fill. But there's a reason why God felt so comfortable in that transition. And I want to show it to you this morning. It's one of the big secrets to successful leadership. And here's the theme of Wednesday night and Sunday morning. God wants us to uh, step up to another level of leadership uh, in our lives, to be an influence in the earth. And not just sit around waiting for somebody to tell us what to do, but to step up to the plate. Everybody say, step it up. To step it up and begin to influence the world and take the call of God that he has upon all of us seriously to make a difference in the world. And he said this to Joshua. He said this, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Somebody say, arise. And go over this Jordan. Let me tell you something. Let me throw this. This is not in your notes. I may get back to it. 
As I read this the other day, this thought came into my head. Before you can get where God wants you, for the children of Israel, it was the promised land. Before you can get where God wants you, there's some things you need to get over. That's just maybe for somebody. I've been accused of being a little hard when it comes to people's issues. Now, there's some things you got to walk through, but there's some things in some people's lives that they just, they just stuck in life because they've got, they got up to the river Jordan. They got up to some obstacle in life. They got up to some pressure point in life and they're just sitting there. They're just sitting there, you know, fretting and foaming. And there's some things in your, hey, if you want to get, get on with life and get going, there's some things you got to get over. Somebody say you just got to get over it. And the children of Israel had to get over it. They had to get over this Jordan River, which represents a lot. It made me kind of think about, oh, maybe, maybe I should just do a series on the, on the type and shadow of the River Jordan and all the things it represents. There's a lot. How many of you know Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan? Woo. So was Pastor Sam, by the way. Hallelujah. And so, hey, there's some things, you, if you want to get where God wants you, there's some things you need to get over. And God look, and how many of you know, how many of you think Joshua was probably a little shell shock as well? And man, in a moment, he's under the gun. He's under pressure. And that's why, he, and God, you know, maybe, maybe I do have a little more of the nature of God in me. God didn't come to Moses, uh, pardon me, come to Joshua and say, man, I'm just so sorry to hear about your leader. Come here, let me give you a hug. <laughs> pardon me. God didn't come to, come here, Joshua. Come on, brother. There's my communion cup. Come here, let me just l- rub your feet a little bit. And, 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 no, he said, he said, okay, get up. Everybody say arise. There's some things you got to get over. You can't sit here. You got to get up. In fact, you got a new responsibility. This word arise is a step it up kind of word. Let me show it to you. It means a lot, but it's more than just, you know, get up out of bed. You know, get, get time to get up now. Uh, it's more than that. It's a step it up word. It means to continue, to endure, to get up and make good, to stir up, to strengthen and to succeed. Uh, I'm telling you, that's the call of God on our life today. God wants us to step up to another level and he's saying it's it's time to get up. If you want to get where you need to be, there's some things you need to get over. And the things you need to get over, you got to get up. You can't just sit here till you die. You got to get up, get going. Look at your neighbor and say, let's come on, let's go. I'm ready. How about you? <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a step it up word. But there's some insight here in these first two verses that I want you to see. Uh, uh, and, and here it is. Here's the thought that I want to get across to you today about stepping up to another level of leadership. Uh, it, it, the secret is, is this. It's, it's stepping up to another level of service. Because you see something interesting about Moses. Everybody say Moses. You see something interesting in these two, these two verses about Moses and about Joshua. What do you see about Joshua first? He's the servant of Moses. And then look at the second verse. Moses. Now, what's the, hey, now catch this. When you, when you come to the end of your life, what God says about you is who you really are. 
What God, what's the lasting legacy of your life? What does heaven think about when they think about you? Moses, my servant is dead. I'm going to tell you how God knew who Moses was to him. So here we find Joshua. He's the servant of Moses. And Moses, he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, what's he saying here? Here's what he's saying. You know, how many of you know Joshua probably felt inadequate? I'm just the water boy. I'm just making sure, you know, I'm just crowd control. I'm just all these menial things. What on earth? Uh, You know, you want me to lead? Now, here's why God came right up front. He said, listen, here's the requirement to this leadership position. It's just exactly what you're doing. Now, here's what I think he was saying to Joshua. This is kind of what he, he was saying. What you were to Moses, Moses was to me. Just keep doing what you're doing. But do it for me. Herein lies the secret of true leadership. It's not in how many you can gather up or how many you can make do this or that. The secret to what God, the lasting legacy that God has for all of us is how well we serve God in others. So God was saying to Joshua, what you were to Moses, and he, and he knew what he was to Moses. I'm just his servant. I'm not a leader. I'm just his servant. And if you go back and look at Moses, that's basically what Moses was saying to God when God called Moses. I don't know about this. I, you know, I can't even talk very well. I can, you know, I, I've served my father-in-law's pastures. I'm a good shepherd, but I'm not a good leader. That's what I need is a servant leader. And so when we think about making a difference in the world, when we think about stepping up to another level of leadership, how many of you know leadership is not a title, but it's a lifestyle? You see, you can be the low man on the totem pole and still lead others. Are you with me? You can be the low man on the totem pole and still make a huge difference and influence your world for Christ in a great and most effective way. And so the, the, the note that we need to get a hold of this morning, and that is this, the true heart of leadership is servanthood. And if we want to step up to another level of leadership, we've got to step up to another level of service. And that's why God was so, uh, you know, so unreserved about immediately. Moses is dead. Joshua, arise. You and all this people now. Here's your new, here's your new task. Uh, you just do what I want, wanted Moses to do. You lead this people out. And then he went on and to say, I'll be with you. Only be strong and courageous. Uh, no man will be able to stand before you. You can read it later. He gave him all kinds of promises, all kinds of comfort, all kinds of uh, reassurance. He said, but you got to arise. Everybody say arise. And for us today, it's the same thing. We've got to arise. We've got to continue, endure, get up and make good, stir up and strengthen and be successful in the call of God on our life. And it's found in our service to God and his church. Let me show you about Moses. Now, Moses was was. As I said, when God looked at him after he was dead and he communicated about him, he didn't say, Moses, my fearless leader is dead. He didn't say, Moses, the leader of the children of Israel. He said, Moses, my servant. Everybody say, my servant. 
my servant is dead. And so I want to show you some verses. Are you with me? Because God wants us to, he wants us to influence the world for him. And so he wants us to rise to another, he wants us, everybody say arise and get over this joy. Yeah, we got to get over it. Uh, we need to look at Moses and his leadership and his lifestyle uh, because he's certainly a role model for us as well as Joshua. So look at Hebrews chapter three. Let me show you this. Hebrews three, take a big right. Hebrews 3 references the heart and character of Moses. In fact, here, here's the interesting thing. Let me just, as you're turning to Hebrews 3, I said he was a type of Christ, correct? Now, let me just pause this story. Remember, you remember when, when Jesus went up on the Mount of Transfiguration, the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, before he died, buried, and rose again and ascended to the right hand of the father. He took with him James and John and Peter up on the mountain of transfiguration. And there he was transfigured before him. And who showed up for a, for a, for a supernatural convo? We don't know what they were talking about. Here's what, who showed up on the mountain, Moses and Elijah and Jesus. And then there's Peter, James, and John who are sitting over there going, oh, Shazam. That's how integral Moses' life and his influence in the earth was. When Jesus needed a heavenly convo beyond, I don't know. It's just an amazing, that, that Mount of Transfiguration. Moses shows up. And so now we're in Hebrews and there's an equation, not an equation, a, a kind of a, a comparison here of the faithful service of Jesus and the faithful service of Moses. Moses was worthy of the writer of Hebrews analysis and comparison with the greatest servant of all Jesus Christ. It's an amazing thought. Here we go. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. By the way, that would be you. So listen up. We'll start over. Therefore, holy brethren, all the holy brethren and sisters say amen. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. That's us. Consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him who appointed him. That's Jesus, a faithful to God. He was faithful to God who appointed him. Look at the comparison. As Moses also was faithful in all his house. Now, this is what God is looking for. That's why he picked Joseph, uh, pardon me, Joshua so, so easily. He had this part figured out. He had been following one of the greatest servants of all called Moses. And so here the writer of Hebrews says, Jesus, consider him the high priest, the apostle of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him, that is God, who appointed him, that is, that is uh, Jesus, just as Moses also was faithful in all his house. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Now, stop right there. Go back to Moses. Everybody say Moses. 
Remember Moses went up on the mountain by himself and, and he, and, and God gave him the Ten Commandments and he was in the presence of God. You remember that? And when he came down, the glory of the Lord was so profound on him that, that he had to put a sheet over him. They had to put a covering over him because people couldn't stand to look at the glory of God. This guy, Moses, had God's attention. This guy, Moses, had been in the presence of God. And here we see the writer of Hebrews. He's comparing Jesus. Jesus to Moses. So we can have something tangible to think about and something to compare with. He says, for this one, speaking of Jesus, has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who builds all things is God. And and I catch this, and Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a what? As a servant. Now catch this last thought. For a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm until the end, and I'll stop right there. But he's saying, Moses, his MO, his testimony. What's going to be your testimony? What's going to be my testimony? I'm 60 years old. I hope I've got another 20 in me. I hope at 20 years from now, I'm still doing what I'm doing. You said, well, aren't you going to retire? No, I'm just going to, I'm just going to outlast as many people as I can and keep preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, I hope I outlast you. I hate to be, I just hate to tell you that, but I hope I live a long time on the earth. Uh, But I know that my, I'm in my latter years and I hope and pray that the testimony of my life when I'm gone from planet up when pastor Sam is dead come on I'm not being morbid may it be that heaven said now there was a servant of God and that's what his testimony was that only that his testimony now for us is that he was faithful in all his house now that's huge everybody say all his house In other words, he wasn't faithful and serving in just certain levels of life. In every area of his house, not only his own house, but in the house of God, in the, in the things of God. How many of you know this is the house of God? That, that, that the picture here is not a guy who just worked hard for his family and, and and made a living and hung on for Jesus and gave his kids the good things of life. And, oh man, here's the keys and here's the this, here's the that. You know, that's not, hey, he was faithful as a servant. In all of the affairs of his life, in every areas of his life, he was considered faithful servant. Trustworthy servant. And that's where you and I, and that's how come we need to, we need to look at this thing of Joseph. Pardon me, I want to, I want to get back to Joseph, to Joshua and Moses and say, what is it about these guys? that I need to embrace. Moses was indeed faithful, that is trustworthy, in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken of afterwards. Here we are today fulfilling the prophetic word of Hebrews chapter 3, verse 5. Moses is a testimony to us who are speaking about him today. Everybody go Shazam. Let me throw one, let me throw another one at you. Go to Revelation chapter 15. 
Revelation 15. Now, this one blows me away. Revelation 15. Then I saw another sign in heaven, verse 1, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them the wrath of God is complete. And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire, and those who have the victory over the beast, over his image, and over the mark, and over the number of his name, standing on the sea, on the sea of glass, having harps of God. Now, I'm telling you, John the Revelator saw some, some, some heavenly things, and look what he heard. They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the saints. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy, for all the nations shall come and worship before you. I'm telling you, Moses so impacted his life as a servant of God in heaven today. Listen, in heaven today, you think they're all singing the song of the Lamb. They're singing the song of Moses, the servant of God and of the Lamb. I'm telling you, this guy had a lasting legacy because of his service to God and his servant's heart. Everybody go, wowzers. So today's big step it up idea. Let me give you a big step it up idea. And then I'm going to give you, I'm going to bull, I'm going to shoot. Are you ready? All right. You better get, you better get your pen and paper, your phone out because I'm fixing to, I'm fixing to give you some bullet points of seven. I'm going to give you seven biblical servanthood insights from the scripture that how we need to serve God in just a minute. You better step it up. You better get ready. You can't be half hearted. You can't be half cocked here because I'm about to blow it at you. I'm fixing to, I'm fixing to unload on you and, and just a heartbeat. So here. Here's today's big step it up idea. This is what I want you to get. Before we can ever effectively step it up to another level of leadership, we must step it up to another level of service to God and his church. You get that? Let's read it out loud together. Before we can ever effectively, come on, I said out loud together. Y'all, hello. Here we go. I might just sit here and read it all night, all day. Here we go. Today's big step it up idea, everybody together, before we can ever effectively step it up to another level of leadership, we must step it up to another level of service to God and his church. Read it again. Before we can ever effectively step it up to another level of leadership, we must step it up to another level of service to God and his church. You want to do it one more time? Let's do it one more time. Here we go. Before we can ever effectively step it up to another level of leadership, we must step it up to another level of service to God and his church. You think about Moses. He was the servant of God, but who was he serving on planet earth? His people. You can't separate the two. I've met people who have tried. They come up with some kind of mindset. Well, I love Jesus and I serve him every day of my life, but I ain't messing with his church. They're a bunch of hypocrites. Oh, and you're not. I, I, I serve God. I'm not messing with his church. They, they, they don't do it the way I want them to do it. 
Let me just tell you, if you're going to be a servant of God, you're going to have the, if you're going to have the testimony that you're a servant, if, if heaven's going to look down from you, uh, down upon you and say, you know, oh, oh, Josh Trevino is dead. He was a servant of God. You're going to have to serve people of God. Because once you're a servant, hey, when you're a servant, you don't just serve God, you serve everywhere you go. One more time, let's do it together. Everybody, today's big step it up idea. Before we can ever, everybody out loud, here we go. Before we can ever effectively step it up to another level of leadership, we must step it up to another level of service to God and his church. You can take that one to the bank. And let me tell you something. Here's what Jesus said about that. Uh, Matthew 20, verse 26, whoever, come on now. Matthew 20, verse 26, Jesus said, whoever desires to be great, among you must become great or learn to be the servant of all. If you're ever going to be great in the earth, he said, you got to be a servant. In other words, the, the, the road and the pathway to successful leadership and influence in the earth and real greatness on planet earth, you, you got to be great with God. And the way you're great with God is you become a servant of God in his church. There's no other way, my friend. Understand something. There's no way around this. Well, I'm going to serve God, but that that church, that preacher, no thing. I just don't feel led. I tell people who say, well, pastor, I just don't feel led. You ask them about this. Well, pastor, I pray I just don't feel led. Well, you want to, no, I just don't feel led. Well, where do you want to go? You don't want to feel led. Finally, after they, they want to feel led, I said, could you just go down to academy and buy you a handful of fishing weights and stick them in your pocket so every time you don't feel led, you can stick, just put your hand in your pocket and you can feel led. Hallelujah. Some people blame Laziness on God. Let me tell you something. When you, when you surrender to God, He doesn't put you out to pasture. When, when you surrender to God, He takes you out of the pasture. You think about Moses. Where was Moses when God found him with the burning bush? He was out to pasture. He was pretty old, by the way. And God didn't lead him out to pasture. He was out there for a season, but God led him back. In fact, you study the life of Moses, it's three sets of 40. He lived to be 120 years, and his latter years were greater than his former. He stepped it up. I better get back on my notes. I'm, I'm wandering. That's the pathway to greatness is servanthood. Now, here you go. Seven biblical servanthood insights, bullet points. Here we go. This is how we serve God. These are just seven thoughts that I want you all to take as we embrace this big step it idea, that step it up idea that if we want to step up to another level of leadership, we must step up and into another level of service to God and his church. Here we go. Seven biblical servanthood insights, some of which I will comment, comment on and look to scripture a little more detailed. And this first one is it. The first one is we must serve him wholeheartedly. Everyone say wholeheartedly. 
If you're taking notes, write down Deuteronomy 11, 13 through 16. Deuteronomy 11, 13 through 16. Deuteronomy 11, 13 through 16. But then I want you to go over to Joshua. I want you to see this because I, I, I don't have time to read them both. But I want you to see Joshua because now Joshua has been down the road a bit. He's led the people through the promised land, to the promised land. And now he's coming uh, probably to the kind of semi-close of his life. And he's addressing in Joshua 24 uh, uh, some people here. I want you to see this. Then Joshua called the Reubenites, the Gadites, half the tribe of Manasseh, and said to them, You have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. Look what he called his predecessor. That was his identity, the servant of the Lord. Joshua knew who he was. You have kept all the, all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and I am, have obeyed my voice and all that I commanded you. And now catch this verse three, because this connects what I was saying to you about God and his church. You have not, in other words, they said, you didn't leave God. You were faithful to God. You served God. You followed after Moses. You followed after me. And look at verse three. You have not left your brethren these many days up to this day, but have kept the charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. You see, their God links the two. It's God and his people. Everybody say God and his people. You didn't leave God and you didn't leave his people. Listen, you, if you leave his people, you leave him. I know I'm preaching to the choir. You go tell your friends and family. Now catch this. Now the rest, now, now the Lord your God has given rest to your brethren as he promised them. Now therefore return and go to your tents and to the land of your possession, which Moses, here it is, the servant of the Lord gave you on the other side of the Jordan. But take careful heed to do the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, there it is again, commanded you to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commands, to hold fast to him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. We serve him wholeheartedly. Number two, we are to serve him reverentially with godly fear. If you're taking notes, Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 4, and then 1 Samuel 12, 14, and then verse 24, both, and I wish I had time to go. It says you serve the Lord with fear, with holy fear and reverence. You're not, you're not just serving him as, you know, uh, the man upstairs. You understand he is God almighty God and, 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 and you fear him, not in a way of being afraid, but you reverence him. It's what it means. You bow before him, you serve him and you worship him and you bow before him reverentially. We serve him wholeheartedly. We're to serve him reverentially. And number three, we're to serve him willingly. First Chronicles 28 when he's, Solomon is instructing David in taking responsibility, he says in verse 9, as for you, no, pardon me, as David, I got that backward, is instructing Solomon, as for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him, catch this, with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. 
For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intents of the heart. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. He said, you, you serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. I'm loyal. I'm not only able, but I'm willing. I'm willing and I am able. I, w- I have loyalty in my heart and I am willing to do whatever he wants me to do. I'm not resistant. I'm not reluctant. And in fact, Moses was a little reluctant. You got to remember that. And so we learn from him. No, I'm going to serve him. And that's what Joshua was, was passing on. And that's, and, and that's what uh, uh, David passed on to his son Solomon. We serve the Lord with a willing heart and a willing mind. Then number four, we're to serve him gladly. Psalms 100 verse 2. It says we serve the Lord with gladness. Everybody say gladness. I know this is an old illustration, but I'm old. Some people serve the Lord, not gladly. In fact, you look at them and they think it's spiritual. But they look like they've been baptized in what? Pickle juice. They're just serving the Lord. (sighs) I met some of them in the nursery, by the way. We try to keep that from happening. I remember one time we had an overload in one of the kids' classes and one of our servants who's no longer in that position, a new person came to there to hand off their kid and they met him at the door and said, we can't handle anymore, we're full. It's hard to grow a church when you got those people in the nursery. We can't take your kids. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me just tell you who's supposed to be the happiest people on planet Earth. Us. We're supposed to be the happiest people on the planet. We'll work till Jesus comes. We'll work. We'll work till Jesus comes. We'll work. And no, oh, I can't remember that song, but I'm happy. I'm not, ho, 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 ho. What are you doing? Serving the Lord. Ho, 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 ho. Some of you wake up on Sunday morning with this thought. OMG! It's my turn in the nursery! If you're happy and you know it, say amen. If you're happy and you know it, say amen. If you're happy and you know it, then your life will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, say amen. You need to notify your face. I'm happy in the Lord. I'm convinced because I know this scripture. I'm convinced that most of the time Moses, now he, these, these people tested him. But he stood in the gap for them too. There was a time God said, get out of the way, I'll just kill them all. <laughs> and Moses stood in the way and said, no, 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 hang on here, here. hang on, we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. But there was a time when he got so mad at all the, he, these people, 
And he disobeyed God and he smote the rock rather than spoke to the rock or vice versa. And, and that's what kept him out of the promised land, by the way, a misrepresentation of God to these people that he was leading. But I'm convinced that most of the time, even though it was tough, because he was a servant of the Lord, he served the Lord with gladness. I got a feeling people liked hanging out with Moses because he was a happy man. He was a blessed man. He, was, he had the joy of the Lord in his heart. And let me tell you something, that we as God's servants, if you embrace the heart of God and you embrace the service of God in your life, if you step it up in the area of service you and you have the heart of Jesus and the heart of Moses, if you will, which is the heart of God in service to others, you're not going to be downcast. You're going to be, uh, you're going to be able to say, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Come before his presence with singing. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Come before, serve the Lord with gladness. <laughs> Amen. Whew. I told you I'd comment on some of them more than others. And it's, it's noon, so let me hit you quickly. Number five, we serve him worshipfully. Matthew 4, Jesus is in the wilderness. The devil's tempting him. The devil says, you fall down and worship me, and I'll give you all this. He said, no, you just worship God and serve him only. He, he links service and worship. You worship the Lord and serve him. Let me just throw this out. You can't worship him and not serve him. He thinks that's hypocritical. You come to worship me, but you're not serving me? You're supposed to have no other gods before me. And then number six, it's the same verse. We worship him, we serve him exclusively. He tells the devil in Matthew 4, there's, you're not, hey, there, is, there's, there is nobody else. You can serve only God. You can't serve other gods. We serve him exclusively. If you're going to serve God, you've got to serve him exclusively. And OMG, we can hang out there for a few weeks because there's a lot of false gods in the world. There's a lot of things that we worship. There's a lot of things we spend more time with than we do God. There's a lot of things we serve more than we serve God. And those are called false gods. Those are called idols in our life. And God says, hey, if you're going to serve me, if you're going to have the heart of Jesus and the heart of God and the, and the heart of Moses, which is the heart of God, you've got to serve God exclusively. He's got to be the Lord of it all or he's not Lord at all. And then number seven, and I'm done. We're to serve him sacrificially. Jesus said this, and it's about Jesus. He came not, Matthew 20, it says this about him, verse 28. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. Fifteen years ago, over 400 public servants in New York lost their life. Because when everybody else was running from, they were running to. That's what real servants do. Police officers, firemen medical support sacrifice their lives to save some they didn't know when they got up that day just like any other day 
But in a few short moments, the whole world changed as we know it. And the greatness that came out of such a tragedy, if you could say something good came out of all of that heartache, was the testimony of countless people who stepped it up. People on the flight that ended in a pasture rather than a building. They gathered together and said, our nation's under attack. This is what happened. We got to step it up. And one of them can be heard saying, let's roll. Sacrifice their life. I heard the story of one of the sisters of one of the pilots of one of the planes that crashed into the World Trade Center. She was on the radio the other day. She said, from the time the terrorists breached the cockpit, it took them nearly five minutes to gain control of the plane. She said, my brother was not a martyr. He was a fighter. sacrificed his life trying to save the lives of those on the plane and ultimately those in the towers all of us they were just normal people no name firemen no name but they stepped it up that's what God's calling us to do let's stand together Father, today as we just close out this service, we know that you've called us all to serve you. Lord, we need to step it up. And Lord, let us look to the life, not only of Jesus, but Moses, Joshua, who had a key moment in history, stepped up and began to serve you and serve others at a whole new place. Let that be the case for us today. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Well, let me give you this final illustration and the hour is late, but let me give you this illustration. For you Houston's fans, hang on. It'll be all right. I'll get you there. Today, as we sit in the comfort of this Sanctuary. The enemy of our soul is strategizing to kill, steal, and destroy as many of our friends and family as possible. There is, an, a, there is a terrorist attack underway in the world around us. We got to step it up. This week, step it up. Find people that need Christ and step it up and serve Him gladly and go love people. 
and influence them for the cause of Christ. Would you do that this week? I know God will be blessed. Father, we thank you for the word of the Lord. May it bring forth much fruit in our life. And Lord, today as we step it up, Lord God, we pray, Lord Jesus, the heart of the servant would be made manifest in us more than ever before. That we would embrace not only the heart of Jesus, but the heart of Moses, the heart of Joshua, Lord God, which is the heart of God. And serve you, Lord, with our whole heart, with everything within us. And serve your people with everything within us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God bless you today. Love somebody before you go.